Welcome, everyone, to my podcast. I am thrilled to be here and thrilled that you're listening. The topic is love language, and I couldn't think of two better, stronger, more passionate women to have with me today to talk about this love language. And I think you're going to agree with me. I have with me Sarah Baba. Sarah is a 27-year-old artist globally known for her deeply emotional and liberating work, smashing the stereotype that emotion, especially in women, is a hindrance. Racking up almost a million followers on Instagram, Sarah has successfully captivated a modern generation with her gorgeous art. And it's no wonder why major brands like Gucci are lining up to collaborate with her. She shoots gorgeous images and often overlays them with subtitles, giving a window into her subjects, insecurities, and vulnerabilities with all forms of love. You have got to check out her art for yourself. And to do that, just go to sarahbaba.com. I'm a huge fan of her work, and I can't think of a better person to speak on the topic of love languages. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. We are just thrilled to have you here. And also joining us is Amy Leddenham. Amy is an author and master certified relationship coach. Her relationship coaching has helped singles from around the world find their life partner. Amy was named one of LA's best dating coaches and has been featured in a variety of media outlets, including CBS, Hello Giggles, and I have to tell you something, I love that website, I go to it every day. (laughs) Martha Stewart Weddings and more. Grab her free ebook, Five Dating Traps Keeping You Single at amythedatingcoach.com. Let's get started. First of all, I'd like to ask both of you, how do you define love language? I would define it as an act of communication to show yourself or the person you love Mm -hmm, how mm -hmm, you love them. mm -hmm. And do you think it really applies to just someone you love? Is love language something you feel is inside all of us and you use your love language only when you love someone? No, I think we use it on a daily basis. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. like love is universal. And so it's just like, how do we communicate love? And it comes in many different ways. Mm -hmm. There's different umbrellas. Um, But I think, yeah, we do definitely use it every day because we are love as an entity. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad to hear you say that because my opinion, we all have different opinions on what love language is. To me, it's something very positive. To me, it's something that we live, we breathe, we are love language. I like to believe that. I prefer to live a love language with everyone I meet. I believe there are different levels of love language. There's a completely different level from me in my love language ability for my husband, of course, different love language level really for my children and my grandchildren. But I like to think that maybe I speak a love language every time I visit with anyone. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Amy, how do you describe love language? You know, for me, working with so many personal relationships and dating and couples, to me, it's, it's, I, I want to acknowledge and recognize like the five love languages that we know of, the act of service and personal touch. But I really think it's 
being your vulnerable self mm-hmm. with the right, you know, there's layers of vulnerability, as we know, but really being able to be yourself flawed and perfect and that person loving you back and willing to work with you in that deeper level that brings out, I think that's like the strongest love language there is. That's okay. That is really closer to how I was trying to say it, but you're the expert. So a love language does come in different levels. Yeah. And so really it's just how you choose to express yourself. Well, I think there's levels of love, right? So I always think of the three levels. You have your intimates, you have your friends, and you have your acquaintances. So those are the people that you kind of, the people that you can like just fall apart in front of are your intimates. You know, the people that you're just like, I'm a mess right now. I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to call you. (laughs) And then the friends are the ones that can handle the vulnerability at a certain point. But they're not really, you know, they're, you get that deer in headlights look sometimes when you're too vulnerable with them. And then you have the layer of acquaintances where you can still be friends with them and love them, but in a different way where you're not sharing your entire soul with them. Sarah, you tell me, because when I look at you, I feel love language when you don't even say a word. There's something about you. Your presence speaks a love language. And is that because I am so in love with your art? (laughs) Because I feel like your art just screams love language. Of course, and we all know art doesn't have verbal language, but it has a language to it. And I feel like your art speaks to me with passion, love, it's so emotional. Is that mm-hmm. what you're telling us when you have your art there for us to see? I think I'm probably indirectly communicating that my work comes from a very deep personal place. And, you know, when I do these series, it's an act of healing and mm-hmm. giving myself a voice to express, you know, my traumas and my experiences. And so when I give the world my art, I'm also giving myself like love. Mm-hmm. And because I'm giving myself a voice and I'm not neglecting my needs and my pain and my, you know, desires and all of those things. And so when I put it out there, it's an act of love for myself, but it's also an act of love for the people who read it and see it and appreciate it. Because in me healing myself, I'm helping others have insight into their world and their thoughts and, well, you, you know, sure things are. that we don't usually feel or we're too afraid to say when people see that they... They're like, well, no, fuck, I think these things all the time. And so by me giving myself to the world, I'm also giving people like that insight into. Yeah. And we, I have to tell you, are so blessed. Thank you. That you do that because I also believe that when you give your heart and your life, your experiences to us through your art, you're helping us to heal any experience that we have suffered or experienced. You're helping us to heal. That's how passionate I am about your art. And that's how thrilled I am to have you here today. And also you, Amy, because I've read your work as well. And I think you're brilliant. And Sarah, I mean it when I say I am mesmerized by your art. And so I'm thrilled to hear you say that because that's what I feel when I see your art. And so for all of you listening I believe that you too will feel that and see that and believe that when you go to her website and just live her art. It's really hard to go there and not stay there for hours Mm -hmm. because with each piece of art that I'm experiencing, 
it's just, it's almost like raw emotion. Mm. Yeah. It's really like, I have a favorite and I am dying for you to explain it. It's the, well, I have numerous favorites. The one I'm thinking about though is the one with the woman and she's got this beautiful red towel wrapped around her hair. And she's also wearing a, a robe, a bathrobe in the same color. She's on the sofa and she's got on her on her stomach, she's got a, a heart-shaped box pan and uh, candy. It's actually candy, correct? Yeah, it's chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> and she's got her hand on it and you can just tell she's about to pick one up and eat it. And I don't know, I'm mesmerized by it. I can just stare at it. I want it so badly. And no, I'm not asking you just to <laughs> give it to me. But uh, It's mesmerizing. Like I would probably never leave the room for the day. I could just be on my sofa. I would try to find that red towel, that robe, <laughs> and just that box of chocolates. I don't know. What were you thinking? What were you feeling when you did that? So that photo in particular comes from a series called This Is Not For You. I created it on Valentine's Day, 2017. Oh. Oh. And I created it out of wanting to express my anger towards someone that I loved deeply. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, when when you're... I wouldn't think you were going to say that. Yeah. But when you're looking at that series and the title in itself, This Is Not For You, Mm -hmm. that was me being like, fuck you. (laughs) I'm going to get my Valentine's Day on my own. And it was all about trying to empower myself in the rejection that I was experiencing. So when you're seeing that series, it, you know, it's a play by play, Uh it's photo after photo, Yes, but it starts with feelings, fuck them. Yeah. And that was my way of being like, I refuse to let you get to me today. Good. I've taken my power back. And then the next (laughs) one is I had to pleasure myself twice today just to wake up. And so when you're seeing those two, yes. it's just like, okay, I'm angry at you. So what can I do to me to make me feel good? Like, I don't need yeah. you. Yeah. And I so it came you. to self-pleasure. And then as you go on, you see her enter this like dreamlike state and she's eating French fries. She's yes. indulging and she's just like claiming her power back in like yes. a very arrogant way. <gasps> and it's like, you'll dream of me one day and see me for the first time mm-hmm. eating French fries, looking so divine or something nice. like that. Oh. And so it was just like, <laughs> this is me trying to claim my power back on yes. a day where the world is celebrating love. And then at the end of the series, you see her and she's kind of like, okay, she's in acceptance. And she's mm-hmm. like, you never gave me a chance to be your lover, but how foolish of me to believe I've already had my hardest love. Oh. So oh. it's like, let's keep see, going. That's yeah. Beautiful. And everything you just said to describe that series is exactly what I felt. (laughs) I thought, oh, she's taking her power back. She can do anything on her own. She's a powerful woman. She's a strong woman. She's focused. She doesn't need him. She can survive. It just, it screams that. Thank you. (laughs) I know that's why I'm so mesmerized by it. I can just, I feel that coming from that, from your work. But you did tell me earlier before we started the podcast that you don't really believe that anymore, correct? Yeah, I mean, I have definitely evolved since 2017, but I think there's so much beauty in having putting myself out there over the years because mm-hmm. I've really seen my evolution into like a woman. And, oh, you know, it's that. it's been so nice to be so vulnerable mm-hmm. and then look back at my work and be like, wow, I think about things so differently now. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and then that really is truly wonderful that yeah. you are such a brilliant artist and that yeah. you have that proof. Actually, you have that 
data to look back and see, look how I've grown in such a beautiful way, because at the risk of repeating myself, your art speaks so beautifully at your really life experience. Yeah. Uh, we now know it's from your life experience, but I think anyone can relate to it. And I really appreciate bravo. you saying that. Bravo. Thank you. <laughs> I, I have to say bravo. And I will tell you, I, I saw, I just, your art moves me. Like oh. it brought me to tears. Well, because, okay. Yes, <laughs> it's just real. Because it was like, oh, I have full like body chills right now. where like the guy didn't call me and I was looking at that photo going, oh, that's me. Like there's this moment, you know, so where I just felt like, you know, that photo with drowning. I was like, wow. I love that too. In fact, I feel like everyone right now is wanting me to give your websites so that the, everyone can go to it. And I, I feel like I really want to do that because both of you spell your names a little differently than what you would think. So Amy, thedatingcoach.com, Amy spells her name A-M-I-E, thedatingcoach.com. And Sarah spells her name S-A-R-A-H-B-A-H-B-A-H. So that's a little different spelling than some. So I wanted to make sure everyone that's listening can go. I hate it when someone tells me a website and it's got a little difference to it with the spelling and then I can't find it. I get frustrated with the person that told me. (laughs) And I don't want anyone out there frustrated because what we're saying right now is so true that both of you just make such a difference in the world and especially with our topic today, love, language. So let's go back to something I mentioned earlier with love language. And also, Amy, I I want you to, maybe if you'll expand on the five love languages and which one do you think is the most common love language that everyone experiences most often? I think a lot of the clients I work with, they always tell me like the personal touch. They really, Mm -hmm. really crave it and want it. Yes. And um, sometimes they don't get it, you know, sometimes depending on what kind of family background you grew up in, it's not comfortable for Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. So that's like the main one. And I think that is partially what we were talking about earlier, vulnerability Mm -hmm. and letting someone feel and be part of you. I think also receiving is really hard. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have a hard time uh, with even just receiving a grateful like thank you or um, gifts or anything of that nature. I also really believe that words of affirmation, just the thank you, mm-hmm. not many people take the time to do that or even show that they're grateful for something. I, I'm so glad that you're saying that. Everything you've just listed, the personal touch. I have to say that I'm from Texas, Oklahoma and Texas. Well, now I shouldn't say that because we've lived here now going on 18 years, Mm -hmm. which this now is home. But I always have to say, when asked, I say I'm from Texas. But And of course, we lived there for a very long time. I was actually born in San Fernando Valley. So I've come full circle. I'm back where I should say I'm really from. But living in Texas, growing up, being there, living with my family, and then getting married and raising children there until 18 years ago, I do believe that that's what I feel is home. And So I'm a very touchy person. I believe in hugging everyone, even when I first meet them. Uh, My children, like I can't be in the room with them without (laughs) hugging them. When I see them, my grandchildren, I just have to always have them in my arms. So to me, that's just such a natural love language is touching. And Philip has even said before, he said, I cannot be in the same room with you 
and not be able to touch you. Oh, that just came to me. I've just been reminded of that. And the topic that we were talking about at the time was, and forgive me for those of you who do this, but we don't like going to dinner parties and being separated, me at one table and him at another table. It's like, wait, wait a minute. We like each other. Why why can't we sit together? And so we just kind of joke about that sometimes like, hmm, but we like each other. I always find it interesting when couples like choose to like split up but yes. I, I kind of love that people do that and they're like yeah. oh no we can be independent too but, yes, but it no. feels like they're, they're trying to make that statement but yeah, then it's yeah. like but I don't like it yeah we don't like it like we are homebodies so we stay home quite a bit because we like that but we love to go out if someone invites us over but then when we get there we're like oh no we don't get to spend the evening together yeah I have to be over here with these people and now, for those of you who invite us over, we still will come. <laughs> Don't think we won't come, but and we won't be mad, but preference. We like to be together at the table. I just think that's testimony to how much you love each other. Yeah, it's, I think you. It really is. <laughs> we just, we just and it's You're true. Like best friends. We hold hands and we touch each other and yeah. and that's just that's one of our love languages. Mm. We just automatically hold hands and touch and I do that with our entire family and I just mentioned this the other day for some reason, but our my boys are, well, my oldest son just had a birthday last week and he turned 40 and our youngest son is 32, will be 33 very soon. And I still call both of them baby. It's like, hey, baby. And neither one of them have ever asked me to stop doing that. So Aww. thank you, because that's another love language. Like I call them baby and sweetheart for the grandchildren. And I can remember, I always called Avery baby. And love, I called her love, and she's 17 months older than her little brother, and they're so close, they're so close. But the first time I called him love, she went, what did you just call him? <laughs> so to me, love language is just very, very important. And then you also said, saying thank you and please or thank you and you're welcome, all of that. I think that's so important. It's not just about manners. It's really about other people want to hear when you appreciate something that they've done for you and or something they've done. And I think that's so important to just, even if it's not present, not current, even if it's not something they're doing right now, I think it's important that you always remind those you love how important they are to you and what you love about them. Just, it can be for no reason. You can just walk up to those you love, I think, and just say, just want you to know that I love you and I'm so proud of you and I really love what you did last week, or I love when I looked over and saw you do this or that, just small things, but to just always remind those you love, what it is you love about them. I totally agree, 100%. And I think that's the part that as we get more comfortable in just receiving, I think a lot of people don't receive enough. And, you know, even when someone says, thank you, Amy, I, I love it. But then with, sometimes it's awkward, right? But I'm learning to receive. And I think that's a really nice gift to give the other person because it makes them feel good too. I yeah. agree. You know your classic supplements like vitamin C, vitamin D, and even protein powders, but do you know where they come from? Thankfully, there's Aura Organic, a super clean nutrition company that some of you may have seen in Neiman Marcus, Urban Outfitters, or Vitamin Shop. Aura Organic makes 100% plant-based supplements because it's more sustainable and higher quality. And you know how I feel about supplements that are plant-based. I love them. They make everything from vitamin C to protein and pre-workout. 
They even make apple cider vinegar in tablet form. That's fantastic. So for the secret squad, Aura Organics is offering 15% off with the code Robin McGraw. Just head over to Aura.Organic. That's www.Aura.Organic. It's .Organic because they make organic products. Check it out at www.Aura.Organic and use the promo code Robin McGraw for 15% off. Are you tired of unpredictable hair color results? Then you should check out Color & Co., the at-home hair color personalized just for you by L'Oreal. Visit their website and you'll get a free consultation with an expert hairstylist who will custom blend a salon-quality shade just for you. In your color box, you'll receive personalized instructions and all the tools you need for guaranteed results. With endless color possibilities, Color & Co. will create the one just right for you at colorandco.com. If you listened to our last podcast, you heard about the time I accidentally got my hair dyed black. It was horrible and such a pain to fix. I could have used Color & Co. back then. There is nothing worse than getting unexpected results after dyeing your hair. I love how Color & Co. takes the time to give a free consultation to get a custom-blended, perfect shade. Take the guesswork out of at-home hair color with Color & Co. Personalized Hair Color by L'Oreal. Use promo code SECRET at colorandco.com for $10 off your first order. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. Sarah, because your art is so personal and passionate, can you tell me what are some of the love languages that are important to you that we've just been talking about when you're not photographing, when you're not doing art? So I think my the most important love languages to me, and this is something I've only recently discovered because I've only recently allowed love into my life. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> um, is this a secret? It's a secret. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's, it's hard to talk about because we're currently on hold. But like, oh. um, it's a long story, okay. but um, it was really amazing um, opening myself up to love with another person because mm-hmm. over the past three years, I've been actively trying to go inwards and oh, be able to function independently and be my own source of love. I love that. And you know, that takes a really strong Yeah, it's been a lot of therapy. <laughs> love that. And a lot of like getting sober, like taking like, you know, six, seven months out of the year to be completely sober just so I can like deal with my emotions because I was raised to be so disassociated and super apathetic. And oh. so I've learned recently that my love languages are words of affirmation. Like I need to receive them in order to feel love. And whether that's something I can do for myself or my partner does for me, like I need to be told, like, I'm proud of you. I love you. I adore you. I love the way you did this thing mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. in order to feel like I, I mean something to them. Mm-hmm. But and Gary Chapman doesn't say this in the book. He says the complete opposite. He says um, you give love the way you want to receive it. 
But I think I struggle to give people... No, I don't struggle with it, but it's not like the first thing I do when I show love. Like my love language is giving gifts mm-hmm. to oh. other people. So, it's, but I don't like necessarily I receiving still relate them. To that. <laughs> so it's weird. Like I need to receive words of affirmation, but the way I show love is through like act of service, physical touch, yes. like everything else except <laughs> affirmation. So it's uh-huh. super strange that he thinks it's like us projecting our needs when. I'm experiencing something totally different. Um, Oh, it's funny that you brought up Gary Chapman because I love his work, but I disagree with a lot of what he says. And that's one of them. Yeah. I don't agree that what we project is what we need back because, well, you know, I just now hesitated because in a way, I believe that sort of, you know, like a small part of it, but I don't believe it for myself. Like when you just said gift giving, I love to give gifts. I, I mean, I it, it comes from my heart. When yeah. I want to, when I see something that I think will make someone happy, I have to get it and I have to give it to them. Yeah. Because for them as well as for me, it makes me happy to make them happy. Yeah. So maybe I just I think it contradicted myself because <laughs> maybe he's right. I mean, I think it definitely comes down to upbringing. And like I was raised in an Arab household Mm -hmm. and we love to host. We love to cook. We love to have people over. Mm -hmm. And our way as our culture in the Arab community is to provide and give because that's the way we show love. Uh But to receive it and to have someone be like, no, no, I'm going to pay for your bill. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Really? And so I think my programming and my conditioning – is very much like I love to give and I love to cook for my friends. I love to like document my friends as my way of being like, this is how I was raised to show you love. Uh But like, if you give me things back, I feel really uncomfortable. (gasps) Really? Yeah. And I also think it comes down to like Mm self-awareness and the more self-aware you are of your needs, the more you want to be aware of other people's needs too. Mm -hmm. So the more you learn about what you want, um, it kind of like stimulates a how do I explain it? It's like, so I know I need words Mm -hmm. in order to feel some kind of like love and Mm -hmm. security. But then like, I also am intuitive enough to know what my partner needs. And I'm not going to project what I need onto him because he's an individual and he Mm -hmm. needs something too. He needs Uh something entairely Uh different. So I think it comes down to Uh Uh self-awareness. Yeah. It comes down also to that conversation. Yeah. Communication. The communication that you need to have with your partner, with your significant other. It's like you can't expect him to know if you don't tell him. Yeah. And how sad that if you don't tell him and then you're upset that he doesn't give it to you, you can't blame him if you haven't told him. That's why it's so, to me, it's so important to have the communication, to have the conversation. And I think I even spoke of this in the last podcast, but Philip and I just celebrated 43 years of marriage, and people are always saying, well, what's the secret to a a lasting marriage, a fulfilled, happy marriage? We don't have the perfect marriage at all, but we have a happy marriage. We have a fulfilled marriage, and I say it is because of the conversations that we had before we got married, and we were together three years before we got married, and we had, once we decided to live the rest of our lives together, and I always say that because in one of our conversations, I said, if I marry, it is forever. It is forever. And we have to be on the same page because I'm looking that far ahead. I am looking to be married forever. This is full time. I want to not just be married. I want to be happily married 
for the rest of my life to you. That's how important this is to me. And he felt the same way. So we did our homework, if you will. We did what we needed to do, the two of us, to always be focused on that goal, to be happily married the rest of our lives. And so we had all those conversations. Here's what I need. And we're very much alike because I need to be told by him that he loves me, he's proud of me, whatever it is. I need it in words. I need him to always tell me because he's a very smart man. He's always thinking. He's always in his head. And so I can remember also telling him, if we're going to do this, you're going to have to lighten up a little bit because we're going (laughs) to have fun too, because he's very serious, very serious man. So again, all part of the communication, I needed him to always be on heart level when he's dealing with me, not in his head. And he then told me what was important to him. He needed to know that what he's doing means something to me, that I'm proud of him and so many other things, but it is part of communication. Yeah. You can't expect your partner to know what you need if you don't tell them. Yeah. And also like just being transparent about your vulnerabilities yes. as well. Yes. Yeah. I, it's funny because like when I started to really go inwards, I, I wanted to be begin to manifest like the kind of love I want. And like I wrote seven principles of like <laughs> love and communication was obviously the first uh-huh. one and transparency uh, vulnerability, loyalty, like, yes. and I can't remember all of them off the top and of trust. my trust. I believe you cannot have a fulfilling relationship, a loving relationship. I feel like you couldn't have any of those if you don't trust your partner. Yeah. The minute you stop trusting that your partner is, and not necessarily trust them to be anything other than who they said they would be for the rest of their life. Yeah. I believe mm-hmm. that's where trust comes in. Like Absolutely. Philip said to me when I, I lost my mother very suddenly and my father shortly after. And uh, he just, I remember him saying to me, just in case you're wondering, you've lost the two significant people in your life that brought you into the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I considered them to be very young at the time. My mother was only 58. My father's 65. And uh, to me, that's very young. I'm 65 right now, so it's very young. But uh, I remember Philip just To me, it was out of the blue, but he just came up to me one day and he said, just in case you're wondering, I will never leave you. I will Mm -hmm. never leave you. And what he meant by that was she needs to know that she's lost two people in her life that were her, that grounded her, that brought her into the world. And I just want her to know that I'm never leaving you in any shape or form. But he just was telling me because he thought her earth has been shattered here, her who she is, everything about it may be shattered. She may be feeling a little insecure or something. Mm-hmm. He told me later, I just thought, I'm just going to go ground her again, bring her back to the beautiful. present and let yeah. her know, I'm never going to leave you. That's absolutely beautiful. And that that was so important to me. It was so important to me to hear. I didn't know I needed to hear it. He just, he do. But when he said those words, it was like, oh, because I never thought of him like leaving me, you know, just take it off. But but I don't know, those words at that moment were so important to me. And that was love language to me. Mm. That's beautiful. That Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. So to me, that is my definition of love language. When you speak to someone you love at a time when you feel what they need to hear. And that's, I think, Sarah, what you're saying is you need affirmation. You need the love in your life to tell you, to reaffirm to you love. Yeah. You know, it's, I have um, something that recently happened with this new person in my life. So 
just some context, like I've had serious anxiety for like 27 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, my therapist said to me, I'm like, I ask her, I'm like, is there ever going to be a point in my life where I won't have this anymore? Uh-huh. And she's like, Sarah, firstly, anxiety is a feeling and it goes away. Um, and so you have to nurture it. But I asked her, like, anxiety comes from fight or flight mode. It's a lack of feeling safe. So am I ever going to feel safe? So I, re- re- I changed the question. And she's like, you will find safety in three ways. She was like, you will find it either within yourself. You will learn to, like, tell yourself you are safe. You will find it when you have a child and you can make them feel safe. Yes. Or you'll find it in a person, a love, and he will make you feel safe. And so... When over the summer, when I was in this thing, in this beautiful, intense relationship, um, I had an anxiety attack and I was lying in bed with him and he knew just to hold me and to tell me you're safe. And, you know, it's it's so beautiful because after that moment, that one single moment of having someone, another human love me in that way and hold me. I haven't had anxiety since for the first time in 27 years. I have not had a single anxiety attack. You felt safe. Yeah. And it was like the, it was like that one thing I needed to feel (gasps) safe. And I, and I found it in this person. And if nothing ever comes of this relationship, I had that and that was so healing (gasps) And it was so beautiful. And for that, I am so grateful. That's beautiful. And yeah. you didn't have to tell him. Didn't have to tell him. It was, yeah. It that's was, yeah. love language. <laughs> that's love language. Yeah. And you made all of us, I don't know, I, I feel like I can speak for all the listeners. You made all of us feel loved and safe when you told that. Yeah. Mm. And God bless him. Yeah, he wants me to send this to him after. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, yay. no. <laughs> yay. Yes, you must. You must. Because he deserves to hear that praise. And seriously, I love that. I love that he read. He's good at reading what you needed right then. He read that. He yeah. knew that. His heart. Yeah, it was so, so beautiful. I think that's beautiful. Anyway. <laughs> Amy, tell us your moment in time. Gosh, my biggest love language is with my husband. And I got to tell you, Knowing exactly what you're saying, it's like knowing your partner's triggers Mm -hmm. and rather than judging them, but coming from a place of acceptance and working with your partner to help them grow and Uh keep them moving forward. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I came from a home of dysfunction. I didn't really have the normal upbringing. I didn't know what good looked like. And I got to tell you um, what you said and what you explained, that to me is like the most powerful love language that there is. And I think when you can continue to do that with a person over and over again, and you grow with each other, even through the worst, darkest times, and you guys come out, and I, I... I feel like that bond, Mm -hmm. nobody can recreate that. You know, it's like you and your partner. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what I I try. I mean, again, I'm not perfect, even though I'm a relationship coach. Me and my husband, we fight, we throw down. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we work together. Mm -hmm. Even through those like really horrible times, we work together. And Mm -hmm. that to me is the most powerful love, love language for mm-hmm. myself. I agree. And and as the expert, let me ask you, um, do you agree that once you create a love language between yourself and your partner, it's something that you 
have to work on almost every day. Well, really every day. Absolutely. I feel very strongly about that because really, Philip and I have been together counting the years before we were married, 47 years. And I believe that it's something that we need to focus on or should focus on and want to focus on almost every day. It's just that important to practice your love language every day. You just don't want to take it for granted. Now, we've gone through so many phases in life, you know, being married, then having our children, raising our children, sending our children off into the world, and then welcoming our grandchildren into our life. And so every phase has been fun and exciting and a different period in our life that we could embrace. And I can think back of all the many times that maybe we could have gotten so preoccupied with something else in our life, but we didn't because we made sure that we focused on each other all the time. Not, not. I don't want to say that it was just consistently every day, hello, sweetheart, I love you. Well, hello, sweetheart, I love you too. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't mean that. But that we were always aware that we there's a married couple here and we want to always remember that it's the most important thing in our life. While we don't have to reaffirm it every day or that kind of thing, but it is something that we... I believe, should be always important enough to focus on and change it up, do whatever. But it's important to us. We don't want to ever take it for granted. And each phase gives us a, the opportunity to celebrate our marriage in a different way. Just Absolutely. having our, celebrate having the fact, uh, the fact that we raised our children and yeah. we are proud of that. They're gone now. They're out of the house and, and they come back for visits and if you look at it in a positive way, you can find a reason to celebrate so many things in your life with or without your partner. I, I believe this is that that's true for just one, just for us, each of us. When you really take the time, you can find lots of reasons to celebrate you yourself and have love language just for yourself. I, I really strongly believe in that. Just And Sarah, you just touched on it. Like, it's great to be spending time just on yourself, doing everything you can to help yourself grow and evolve. And I, I love that. So important to have love language just for yourself. Yeah. Now, you brought up Gary Chapman earlier in his book. He's got the five love languages and it's a great book. And I went online to look at all of his work and I thought, especially in preparation for this podcast today, I was so excited about how much there is online about this very topic, love languages. Mm -hmm. I found this one couple, actually, of games and quizzes. So I thought we would play one. I have a couple of questions from this one quiz that was really, really interesting. And I thought, well, even you listeners at home can play along with this. Let's just see how we all do. So I'm going to ask the question. Everyone at home can listen and play along. The first question, you are feeling a little down. So you'd most like your partner to, A, say, I know it's hard and I admire your courage. B, come home early to spend a cozy evening with you. C, surprise you with a gift. D, take you in their arms and make you forget it all. E, cook you a wonderful meal. Sarah, what would you pick from those? I think A. Oh, A. Okay, say, I know it's hard and I admire your courage. I love that one too. Amy, what's yours? <laughs> Mine's definitely D. 
D, take you in their arms and make you forget it all. Oh, I, I'm reading between the lines on that one. That's a good one, too. Let's see. Okay, my answer is... Yeah, that was good. Uh, I'm going to say... I have to say A. I have to say A. Say, I know it's hard and I admire your courage. And then D. <laughs> and then D. Yes, yes, you're right, D. You're at it. Yeah. <laughs> because Philip does cook me a wonderful meal quite often. And he doesn't need to surprise me with a gift. I can just buy my own gift. <laughs> so now part two of that question. If you said A for him to say, I know it's hard and I admire your courage, you want words of affirmation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you said, B, come home early to spend a cozy evening with you, you just want some quality time with your husband or your partner. If you said, C, surprise you with a gift, you love receiving gifts. D, take you in their arms and make you forget it all, you need physical touch. And E, cook you a wonderful meal, you're needing some acts of service. So that's interesting. I think we all could have picked each other's answers on that one <laughs> after, our, after our conversation. Okay, so the next question. In general, you are most bothered when your partner does A, criticize what you do, B, never give you any presents, C, doesn't kiss or hug you when you enter a room, D, spends too much time at work, and E, never surprises you with anything special. A. A. <laughs> yeah. Criticizes what you do. Amy, I would say A, too. A. Criticizes what you do. And I'm going to say A. <laughs> criticizes what you do. These men, they got to learn. Okay, so A again. Words of affirmation. Positive affirmation, guys. Not negative. Okay, and so the same thing with B. Receiving gifts. C. That physical touch. If they doesn't if he doesn't kiss or hug you when you enter a room, you're wanting some physical touch. And D, quality time. If he spends too much time at work, you're wanting some quality time. Mm. And it never surprises you with anything special. <laughs> you're gonna need some acts of service right now. <laughs> okay, so the next question. You finally got the promotion you've been after. You announce the news to your partner who A brags all about you to their friends and colleagues. B, comes to pick you up from the office to take you out for dinner. C, offers to take you away for the weekend, just the two of you. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> okay, Sarah? Uh, I don't like um, when people brag. About, I get yeah. so awkward about that stuff, but um, I would definitely say B, pick me up. Comes to pick you up from the office to take you out to yeah. dinner. Amy? I have the same exact answer. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm going to say I don't like the bragging either. It's like, hush. I get embarrassed. I do too. I'm like, it's no, like, why yeah. are you talking about me? <laughs> they don't, you know, they don't really care. Yeah. It's like, yeah, don't brag to me about me to them. They, now they're, they have to say something. You know? <laughs> so I agree. I don't, I'm not a, um, okay. I'm going with B as well. Uh, yes, comes to pick you up from the office and take you out for dinner. Yes, I'm going to go with the food. Okay, so if it's not picking you up for dinner, consider this. Greet you with a passionate kiss that begins a memorable evening. Or the last one surprises you with a special gift. Do those change your mind from being taken out to dinner? Um, No. I what think about I you, would Amy? still do dinner. Yeah. I still do dinner. Yeah. I still want that food. Yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, I think um, I mean, food's a big love language for me. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. me too. Yeah. Yeah. Me love too. cooking, love going to dinner. I'm such a foodie. And oh, so, yes. like, I think um, the way I celebrate achievements um, is through, like, going out and 
feasting and indulging oh, and like ordering Great. everything off the menu. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. You know what I love to do when we travel? Every hotel. I get the room service. I love room service anyway, though. If it's great, if it's great food. But uh, I love to order every dessert on the room service. Oh, menu. nice. <laughs> I did that every time. You I get think a it, little yeah. of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah every, so every dessert. And then you just take a bite of everything. Okay, so now I'm going to read some secret squad questions about love that have been sent in. So what is the best birthday present you've ever gotten from Dr. Phil? So what's the best birthday present Philip has given me? He got me a pretty nice watch recently for my 65th birthday, but what was the best? I know, 65, I'm going to tell you something, ladies. The 60s rock. I've just been having the best. Well, he gave me a phenomenal birthday party uh, when I turned 60. Phenomenal. Now, my daughter-in-law gets a lot of credit for this because she really planned it. But he got Katy Perry to come to my birthday party and her entire troupe. And she performed for well over an hour. Wow. It was unbelievable. (laughs) So he gets gets great stars for that, like 10 stars, 20, 30. He gets 60 (laughs) stars for that. It was the best birthday party. And here's what's really funny is I have a twin brother, which is great. I love so much. And I loved being a twin so far my entire life so far. So uh, we grew up really poor and our birthday is three days after Christmas. And so... My parents would just leave one Christmas present under the tree, and that was our birthday present. And we never got a birthday party. And I'm not complaining because we knew my parents just couldn't afford it. We couldn't afford it at all. But my mother always made a special cake for us, her red velvet cake from scratch. And we felt very special on our birthday, but uh, we never had a birthday party. And so when I turned 60 and Philip planned that party, and my daughter-in-law just killed it when she planned the whole thing. So that sounds, that's amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. So that's the birthday question. So do you and Dr. Phil ever fight? We don't fight. We disagree. But people are always asking that if we ever fight. Yes, we disagree a lot about a lot of things, but we don't scream and yell ever. Like we just don't. That's just not who we are. Favorite date night with Dr. Phil. Our favorite date night is to stay home and prepare dinner for each other and together. And we love to binge watch series on TV. <laughs> I mean, that really truly is our favorite date night. But if we were going to pick somewhere to leave home and go do, it would be to go out to have a really great dinner. That's our favorite date night. Those are our questions. I want to thank both of you ladies for coming and doing this podcast with me. Do you have any questions before we wrap this up? Either one of you or have anything you want to say? I'm just thankful we got to talk about love languages today and learning more about you and Sarah. I mean, your stories are so powerful and thank thank you. you. I'm so grateful to be part of that. Well, thank you very much. And I'm so thrilled that you came today and was part of this show. And I, I love the topic and I love everything that you had to say. Thank you so much for being here. And Sarah, what about you? Yeah, no, likewise, super grateful to have exchanged such important dialogue. And thank you for both of you for being vulnerable and And opening up and sharing. It's so nice to be around some very powerful women. Thank you you for saying (laughs) that. We feel the same about you. I'm just thrilled that the three of us got to sit down together today and talk about this. I feel like we could go on and on and talk about this and other subjects. I hope that both of you will agree to come back and we just changed the topic and 
we keep visiting. Absolutely. We'd love to. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I want to thank all of you listeners today too. And I want all of you to please send in your ideas for other podcast topics. I'm open to just about anything. Please subscribe, tell your friends about it. And I'm just having a ball and I hope that you are too. So come back every Wednesday for more of these beautiful topics and these wonderful, brilliant guests of mine. We have new merchandise also, which I'm really excited about. I had a was involved in everything that we've got on there and more to come. So just go to I've got a secret with Robin McGraw.com and shop on our site. Enjoy. Bye-bye.